Before diving into today's podcast, I wanted to mention that Avex, in collaboration with Shopify Plus, has created a new ebook. It's called The Future Is Now, and it's available for free on our website. It includes tactics and trends for e-commerce in 2023, things that could help you increase sales, conversions, average order value, uh, personalization, and various different tactics uh, to help your e-commerce business. We've collaborated with Dynamic Yield, Order Groove, Plowball Apps, Shop Circle, Signified, VideoWise, and Yappo. They provided a ton of content and advice. And again, it's available for free on our website. Check it out, avexdesigns.com. Just click on the Insights section and you'll be able to download it. Thank you. Today on the podcast, I spoke with Dinesh Shalat, a global digital marketing director at one of L'Oreal's leading skincare brands and a real estate entrepreneur. Dinesh has 12 years of experience in SEO and prior to L'Oreal, worked at major advertising agencies across several Fortune 500 brands to help raise their organic website traffic. Originally from the UK, he's also a big soccer fan and tries to never miss a game of his favorite team, Liverpool FC. We touched on a handful of topics, including e-commerce, SEO, and artificial intelligence. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Dinesh. You're listening to the Agency X Podcast, and I'm your host, John Sertakowski, founder and CEO at Avex, an e-commerce agency for high-growth brands. My goal is to provide insight into e-commerce, technology, business, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe to be notified about new episodes and visit our website, avexdesigns.com. Thanks, John. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you again for, for having, me, having me here. You know, really, really do appreciate it. Uh, my name's Danesh Shalat. Uh, and I, I work at L'Oreal uh, as a as a global director on one of the leading skincare brands. And my responsibilities oversee search, web, and CRM. And then I'm also um, also Moonlight as a <laughs> as a real estate entrepreneur as well. And I'm based here in New York. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks for joining. I know that we met at um, the. Uh, after the D, the Dynamic Yield conference, which was a very interesting dinner that we had, that we ended up being at the bar, uh, and we had a pretty in-depth conversation about skincare, which was, um, you know, very different from most of my conversations, but uh, it was really interesting. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, not not the hot, not the hottest topic when I'm, when I'm out drinking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was a good time, um, and I, it's, it, I'm glad you were able to do this. Um, so one thing that you mentioned just now that um, you're um, involved in search um, and SEO, I'd love to learn a little bit more about how you got started in SEO, why, and some of your experience there. So if you could tell us a little bit about you know, getting started in SEO specifically, um, that would be great. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So. Uh, as you can tell from from the way I speak, I'm I'm from the UK, so I initially, you know, not <laughs> I'm from Birmingham, not the Alabama version. I always always joke, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, for those who don't know, Birmingham is where the Netflix show. It's a it's a UK second city, and uh, the show uh, Peaky Blinders is is based. So um, I came over to the US about uh, it's been like over 15 years now, uh, and I initially came over on an internship program. You know, uh, you know, I was fresh out of college, and uh, I worked at, at at Citibank as just you know, doing web develop basic web development stuff, updating their intranet. And you know, I I, I loved it honestly. You know, I you know the first, I, I guess initially I didn't though. To be fair, in New York, you go there and you have this kind of you have this romantic view of New York being glitzy and all that stuff. And honestly, I thought it was going to be like sex in the city, right? When I, when I came here, but I, <laughs> I came at the end of, I came at the end, I came early September actually. And, you know, New York, you know, at the end of summer is, is if, especially if you're just landing and you're just, at, you know, if you, you know, I'm, I'm there, got off the bus, you know, they, they put all of us interns. I, was, I said, I was on internship, came over for an internship program and they got, you know, they, yeah. uh, they dropped, you know, they, we got off the bus and I was like, this smells like terrible and I'm sweating <laughs> and it's humid. Yeah. I expected, you know, I wanted Carrie Bradshaw or whatever to like walk down the street, whatever. I was like, nah, none of that. I had, I had a nope. bum probably throwing humid. on a peel at me or something. <laughs> and this, and this was actually yeah. a Penn station. That's where our initial kind of hotel was where we said, I was sharing with like a couple of other dudes and, yeah. uh, 
you know, I was like, you know what, no, let's give it. It took me at least two weeks, and then we once settled into our like, you know, shared apartment accommodations and all that stuff. I was like, you know what, yeah, this that's why this place is special. Um, you know, the energy, it's just it's just an ambition, and it's it's just it's. Um, I learned to live it. I had a, I learned, you know, learned to love it, and partly it was because in that internship program is like, imagine doing college again, right? You're with 120 mm-hmm. other Brits, all basically staying in like two or three apartment buildings which are next to each other. Uh, you know, you're all in your early twenties, um, and and it's just having a blast. And you you know you're, you're interning, so you know you're not really you know you 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 know for most part this is an, a forever thing for for the most people there. Um, it's a, it's a one year stint of just of just enjoying New York and and kind of you know getting some work experience as well to, to you know to, to add to your resume, um, but yeah I I I I just I just and I've read this and I read this from um, Simon Sinek's books Why right where people uh, start with start with Why it's just like you 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 kind of sometimes it's only an unproof kind of reflection that you think about these things but it's just like. You know, living in New York, why? Why was I so drawn to it, right? And it's, it's, mm. it's. I always didn't. I didn't feel. It's kind of weird. It's, it's a feeling. That I didn't feel that I would live in the UK, even when I was growing up in Birmingham. London was great when I went to college, uh, but New York just felt just felt a good fit. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's. You know, I can go into a number of reasons, but, but probably it, it is, it is, it is this the energy that, that the city has. It's, 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 no, it's. There's, there's nothing like that in, in the world, I'd say. You know, certain cities have, you know, large amounts of energy. Yeah. You know, Istanbul, Barcelona, I feel that a little bit. Um, and London, of course. But I think New York just just has that in, in, in kind of leaps and bounds. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I after that, it was like, how can I stay, basically? And... Uh, that's when you know resourceful mode comes into play, right? And this is, and then this leads to your question: How I got into SEO? You know, I had some web development. You know, I did my my, my degree was in information management systems um, at mm-hmm. college. So ironically, I don't know if you spoke to many SEOs, but like they come from all kinds of different backgrounds, right? My my degree was actually a really strong fit for it, um, and um, but I hadn't heard of it, bef- you know, for for a few years. I did some email, you know. After I finished my initial internship program, um, I was doing a bunch of other like small internships. Worked at an email marketing company, uh, and then actually I inter- I, uh, I got like a small kind of interning or consulting gig uh, at a office uh, e- e-commerce company, and uh, you know I, I joined there. And let's just say that the leadership it was it was a crazy place to work. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you is it office space, whatever, is, uh, or or uh, whatever that movie is, right? Um, you know, if you talk about. Oh yeah, yeah. The, um, is, that, is that the movie? It's Office Space. It's right? Office Space. Yeah, Office Space. Yeah, yeah it's there like, like that, I mean, like in cubicles and stuff. Yeah, but this was this was even insane. They, this, you know, the this, you know, the you know, the owner of this of, of company would basically hire young people to temporary work, and the retention rate was terrible. Not many people would start, pay yeah. them very little. Um, but but again, what it, what what I took out of it was I I I basically. Um, Learn SEO in like three months, basically at that time, um, under under the guy who was like you know, leading SEO. M- on my second week, he basically was fired slash left. <laughs> so I was like <laughs> on my own, basically trying to you know, um, and and I basically reported then into the guy who led like paid search, who'd only been there for like a week or two. Um, so yeah, picked 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 it up. After after two or three months, I was like, you know what, this is this is not going to lead to it's not going to be my forever job by any means so i was like you know i had enough confidence to be like you know i can i can i can do this i can speak the lingo and uh after that yeah i i worked i uh i, I worked at a small uh, brand, uh boutique branding agency which did packaging design and and then they upsold on sort of web development and and and, and seo services so um that was that was great you know, really great experience. You know, being a scrappy startup and stuff. Um, but again, when it comes to your visa situation, it's it's kind of difficult. Not, if if, if you're not being in that position, I think it's somewhat hard to relate. But having stability is super key when everything else seems so unstable. Because for me, I I wanted to live here. You know, the getting my you know the end goal was like for this was getting my green card and you know and then you know being able to stay here long term. So, um, and what year was this? This was in two thousand and uh, nine, I think. I believe two thousand nine. Okay. 
Yeah, okay. by the time I had the one year stint at my, at my that's a small agency, and I was like, you know what, I need to, you know, that, unfortunately, they were kind of downsizing and, you know, it was sort of changing their position when it comes to that. And I was like, you know, I, this can't happen again. So I was like, you know, let's go for the larger agencies. And I then I worked at WPP Group for four and a half years, oh, wow. gratefully enough yeah. for them to sponsor my green card. Um, you know, once I'd achieved that, you know, freedom <laughs> then, um, worked at Publicis. And then, ironically, that was... Citibank were my client, so I interned at Citibank, right? And then ten years later, uh, they were my client at Publicis. So I went back. That's to awesome. It was, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> crazy how that works. And um, yeah, and then I got kind of you know headhunted for you know to to, to uh, for kind of my role at L'Oreal. So um, and that's where we are now. So yeah, it's been it's it's been a been a great kind of great journey. Um, you know, search. I'd still say you know I think. You know, search is my you know I have huge passion for search and and the power that it can bring. Um, but but yeah, hopefully that summarized it. <laughs> no, that, that does that does, and I, I I know that SEO in two thousand nine was very different from SEO now, and even before two thousand nine, I just felt that the tactics and approaches we take to search engine optimization were very different. So I, I don't have a big background in SEO, but I always say that search engine optimization is really what um, has has been the biggest driver of revenue for my business, for, for our agency. Um, and we do it for some of our clients, but not we're not an SEO agency. So we, we do some SEO work. But there's other SEO agencies that really just do all SEO. Um, but one of the things that I did, and it was probably around 2009, similar time frame, um, I started to freelance and I quit the big agency world. So I was like almost looking for the complete opposite. I was going for like, well, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm leaving this secure job to go start freelancing and just see what happens. Um, but I got into um, putting up my website and making a freelancer website or a mini like agency site. And my main goal was to beat out um, everyone who listed for New York freelance web designer, right? Because, um, you know, I've grown up in New York. I was born here and that's where I did all my business. And I just started to become obsessed with SEO. And back then you could kind of stuff a lot of keywords. You can go for long tail keywords and really... All I did was like write a bunch of blog posts and focus on best practices. And I would say some of the things like, you know, trying to get backlinks, focus on the domain authority. So there were some things that I think wouldn't fly right now, um, but it really helped build the domain authority. And I eventually did get to the top for New York freelance web designer. And we're at the top for like e-commerce agency in New York right now and a bunch of other ones that relate to Shopify. I'm curious about, you know, what has changed in the past, like say 10 years or so, any tactics, anything with Google, like, you know, what are some of the things that maybe you were doing back then that mm, you might not be doing right now? Is there anything that has changed yeah. dramatically? Yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great question. Um, and actually, sorry, just to get out of my time, and it was more 2011, I'm just like, I went back on that, but still, still okay. a long time, yeah. Um, yeah, within the decade yeah, yeah, type of yeah. time frame. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, just to justify that correction, but, uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd say this, that there's definitely a couple of couple of things. I think when I first started Nessie, I remember I was one of my primary tasks was uh, was was going on the Wicked Fire forums. I don't know if you remember remember those. There was like old school affiliate marketing forums, like Black Hat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Black Hat. Mm -hmm. Buying a ton of backlinks. Uh, yeah. I think actually funny story. I was thinking about one of Halloween sometime, like getting. I was trying to get like a Wicked Fire T-shirt made and like a, wearing a black hat. I was like, if I could be like a. <laughs> Yeah. 99.9% .9 of people yeah. would not get that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, st it started with those kinds of you know, backlinks were, were just critical to just, to just, to just, you know, and any backlinks and the quality was, yeah. wasn't, wasn't, wasn't a thing then. Um, you didn't have to optimize too much for performance or anything like that really, if, if at all. Um, but you know, that certainly for the most part doesn't work anymore. Like, you know, just having a ton of, uh, put, you know, low quality backlinks, link farming, all that stuff. And just for those that don't know, mm. um, a backlink is just a link from one site to another. And, uh, you know, Google doesn't, uh, you know, think of it like a voting system, right? Google will, will you know, uh, will, will, will 
will uh, deem your site authoritative based on the backlinks that you have, right? And but not yeah. all backlinks are equal. So like a, a link from a local newspaper is not as authoritative, you know, say like you know the Brooklyn Times. Sorry, you're, I know you're from Brooklyn, right? Yeah. <laughs> or Queens, we've <laughs> all good. Brooklyn, 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 yeah, yeah, Brooklyn yeah. yeah. So if it's Brooklyn compared to the New York Times, right, that's going to have a much higher uh, mm-hmm. uh, sort of impact on your on on on, on the authority of the website and help it rank for the keywords. So yeah, so back then I just we just buy a ton of links, um, honestly, and uh, yeah, now it's it's you know it's it's a lot more sophisticated. You know, Google's advanced so much, you know, so much more. Um, but you know, just just some of the I think fundamentally, I think one of the key things to understand about SEO is it's not something that you do. It's something that happens when you do the right things. Mm, that's a good way to say it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, you, you say the SEO is optimizing the SEO for the website. It's just like, it's just like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, it's, 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 just a, it's just, you know, doing things in the right way that's been right for, for, for a website. And it, and it serves a foundation for, it can, for everything else. If you have a strong, Sort of technically sound, and again, we can get to the real estate side. I write relate related to like real estate as well. Like having a, a, a technically, you know, having strong SEO technical foundations, like a house, right? Strong yeah. technical foundations. Um, if you have that, um, you know, without that, then the house will collapse. It can look pretty, but it's not gonna, it's gonna blow down when you know when you have yeah. a hurricane or whatever. So, uh, you know, I would, I'd say that what I've noticed in particular is is is, is businesses and, and brands taking interest in technical SEO as being the foundation to help them uh, you know make their media spend uh, more optimal right yeah. because you know we particularly in the US here compared this to the UK it's, it's really interesting where SEO is like they have some of the best like technical SEOs I'd say like in the UK it's like really big because their media spend there is much lower um, in the US mm. because our media spend is like so much higher it's it's sometimes ignore this SEO is like like still a niche practice compared to how big media and spending and all that. Even kind of e-com comparing like the UK, it's like not as big a thing. Like e e you know really retail. So yeah, it's super super interesting. So a lot of these British businesses come to US to get that business. I realize it's such a huge opportunity. Whereas SEO is mm. still very big in the in the UK. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's the competitiveness of it, but. Um, I, I back for a second about mm-hmm. um, the backlinks, and I know that that's something I used to do: buy some backlinks. I didn't do it in mass quantities, but I did buy some backlinks for certain keywords um, some time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't call it black hat; no, maybe I'm it was kidding. like gray hat. It's probably like gray hat. Whatever's in the middle yeah. of white hat and black hat, hat. I yeah, guess yeah. it's you're just right. Like, that's it. It's gray hat. Yeah. All right, it was on the border, yeah. um, but like. I'm assuming that Google still prioritizes websites that have considerable amount of backlinks, quality do follow links. So let's just say you're a, a D2C skincare brand, for example, since mm-hmm. that, that's where you have a lot of experience or, yeah. or any other e-commerce brand. Um, should they be actively trying in an either organic way or even reaching out to um, publications to try to get do follow links. Like, should instead of like saying, "Hey, we're gonna go buy like 500 links," you know, I'm not saying to do that. That would be a really bad idea, and you're probably gonna get red flagged on Google, and it's gonna destroy your business in the long term. But let's just say, um, you know, you launch your brand. I, I don't think that that should be your number one priority. But as time goes on, and you want to focus on optimizing your website for search. Um, would it make sense to try to hit up publications or do like guest blog posts? Like we get like a lot of requests from companies who want to do guest blog posts on our website so that we could link back to them. Is this something that e-commerce brands should be doing to try to rank for a certain keyword or a certain product, um, trying to get on like top 10 lists or trying to get mentioned? Is that something that they should be actively doing and would that help their SEO? So it's a great question, and I'd answer that. I'd say yes, but with caveats, right? I think personally, I don't believe the outreach it's a, of that was you know that was that we were so accustomed to you know in the SEO space for for many years. You're literally asking, hey, can you provide me a link? Here's an article, etc. I think it's more about 
public relations and relation and, and actual yeah. relationship building right with these large identifying yep. authoritative sources right and we again today we you know we can have there's tools that can you can figure out which websites have more traffic than others right identifying those so again new york times you're not for you know i keep <laughs> biased towards them. there's one i can think of being in new york i have a bit <laughs> bit of a bias towards them but you know that they you know they have so much viewership right if you mm -hmm. can if you can get you know be positioned to be featured on the new york times then great obviously but also again if it's a local publication and it's relevant um then then, then that's just that's just as important but i would say you know f find a resource or a partner right form these partnerships uh, uh um, that that can be you know that you know it's, it's simply a value exchange right you're providing value to to this particular publication's audience mm -hmm. um in return they're providing you a reference and yeah. if we spoil it down to that you know, I, 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 I think it's a very fruitful task. I think where it gets a little, uh, where, you know, specific SEO companies and stuff do, they sell this backlinking stuff and they just try and, you know, reach out to as many, uh, you know, lower level publications or, or lower level websites, lower quality websites and just try to build these lower quality links. And, you know, I, and, I, and, and I just don't think that's a very, that's a very fruit, you know, that's a very fruitful task, you know, even if it's yeah. someone kind of, you know, entry level doing this, reaching out, it's, it's just, it's not fun and it's not scalable. Um, you know, I, I, I'd say, you know, focus on, you know, forming genuine partnerships and, 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 and yeah, ha you know, having those synergies. Yeah. And just creating good quality content on your website too, so that, um, other, websites and blogs will link back to you. So one thing that has, that really helped our SEO, like for our agency was, I wrote a blog post in 2012 that is still one of the top ranking blog posts on our website because um, it was about making YouTube videos responsive. So if you Google mm -hmm. YouTube responsive HTML or make YouTube videos for responsive design, like this is when responsive design was coming up, mm -hmm. a lot of it was a lot of schools picked it up as educational material um, as an example for students. So I got a lot of .edu links. I also got a lot of other bloggers and other resources or like, you know, like forums and boards that were linking to it because it was a good resource for just a quick copy and paste little code snippet, right, that I wrote, like some JavaScript. Um, and everyone was linking back to it. So I didn't try to get those links at all. So like the best performing like backlinks that you're going to get or the way that you're going to build, I think, authority is by writing really great content that other others or other blog posts or sites are going to want to link back to you as a resource. Um, so I think that is something that a lot of like, especially e-commerce brands, I almost feel like their blog or their like that section is very secondary to them. Um, and when some of the brands ask us about SEO, um, I try to shift the conversation exactly to what you mentioned before about uh, public relations. There is almost a very fine line between like, SEO is a very broad term, but um, there is a fine line for what people use the term SEO for and like public relations because a lot of what off-site SEO, I believe is, is um, is what you just mentioned, forming those really um, genuine partnerships with publications that can link back to you organically. Or maybe there's financials involved in it and there's a, you know, it's a value trade, like you said. Um, and also doing things on site. So I think there's a lot of confusion around SEO um, and we try to, navigate that that's why I don't, we don't offer it so much as a service because um, brands will ask us like can you just can you SEO our website or can you know optimize a website from search and there's not this magic wand that you can just wave over a website to make it you know you have to focus on technical SEO you have to focus on creating great content and also um, you know getting those people to link back to you websites to link back to you but organically. Um, and there's a lot of low hanging fruit and like the best practices that you could do. And I like the way that you put it is that it's something that happens to you when you're following like those best practices. So it's very fine line between like that PR and uh, 
and also technical SEO side of it. Um, so at what this is something that comes up a lot um, at in at CeraVe, you 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 don't sell direct consumer on the website, but you do link to e-retailers. We actually get asked that question a lot, whether it's, you know, you have a Shopify store or an e-commerce website that has that e-commerce feel to it, um, but it links to um, retailers, right? It may link to an, I'm not saying that this is what you guys link to, but in some cases an Amazon, right? Or a, um, a Target or like a Sephora or something like that, or a pharmacy. Does that impact SEO being that you are now linking, pushing a lot of your traffic off the website because there's like a drop in um, uh, page, uh, what is it, um, uh, drop off in people visiting the website, there's no true conversion. Is that Does that impact SEO in any way? Because we actually get asked that a lot and I wasn't 100% sure. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting, interesting one. So. In, in in our case, when you have a non D to C site, right, and you have you know like mm-hmm. the websites I've I worked on, they have a multi it's called you know a multi retailer pop up. Okay. Uh, I, you know I I think it goes back to thinking about the consumer and the consumer journey mm-hmm. holistically. What does the consumer want from this experience, right? So, in our case, right, we we were originally just linking to Amazon. And yeah. the reason why we went to a multi-retailer pop-up is, while well, Amazon's amazing, and that's where we you know, we must have some a lot of you know Amazon fanboying girls, but uh, not all consumers want to purchase it, right? They want choice. Yeah. And maybe Amazon doesn't even have the product there at the at the, at, at at the particular moment. So that was the reasoning behind it. To be you know it's something that L'Oreal you know to 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 the credit is just like super consumer folks. Right? How can we improve that consumer experience? So I would say that. Focus on consumer first, rather than doing SEO best practice for the sake of it. Love that, right? Love that, yeah, yeah. And focus uh, on the consumer first. I love that. Yeah, and and and, and that's what it. Co- I think that ultimately what it what it comes down to. Um, if it's a case of, um, again, if it's going to be detrimental to their experience by going to another site that you can't control, then. Yeah, let's that that we should be doing that. I think it's similar to the question that that we often get have, and this is not just you know on the brands I work on. It must be a, a continual, a, a, a consistent question that comes up is like for non D to C, sorry for for websites that that, that don't sell directly, like non ecom sites. Should we be driving? Should we be putting our our efforts or even spend into our website? Or you know, uh, um, when we can just get the sale directly from the e-retailer, right? The Amazon's the target. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. You, I don't know if you have that question yourself. If that's come up, um, yeah, that has come up a lot. And I guess it 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 depends on a lot of things in the back office. It also depends on like the finances, the profit margins there, and the effort involved. And then there's the logistics side of it. If you don't want to, you know, it's a it. it and it, it's there. That's actually a big conversation in the D 2 C space right now, especially with brands that grew up digitally native, direct to consumer, and were not in stores. Right? They were not doing wholesale at all. Wholesale is a completely different beast, and sometimes brands don't want to do wholesale, and sometimes wholesale brands don't want to do DDC because it's a very different business. It's a very different business. So sometimes brands need do need to kind of figure out. Do they want to take on that kind of direct to consumer ownership? And you know, direct to consumer brands need to forget. Do they want to jump into a completely new business model when it comes to wholesale? Because they're very different. Yeah, yeah. It it is it is a it is it is a complex question. And I'd say, and again, if you have both. Um, you know, I'd say at least organically, you should be doing stuff to serve your consumer, right? What are they searching for your brand? Yeah. You want to own that messaging, I'd say, because mm-hmm. while you can wish that your e-retail partners really do represent you, you're that one, you know, that extra step removed from really sort of expressing 
what your brand represents. And I think that's on you really as the brand to really control that, control that messaging and say, hey, look, this is what we do. And then, you know, um, and, and, and this, is, this is what our, our value is. Yeah. And the more focus on that, the more brand loyalty you're going to have. Yeah. Because you know, that's something that is even more important nowadays with certain things with like search and um, or rather like iOS and the whole Facebook, you know, ads becoming crazy expensive or like own data being very important. Um, you know, that the, at the core of that is going to be brand loyalty. The more you build brand loyalty, the more that you bring value to your customers and put the customer first, the more they're going to come back to you regardless of where you're selling, whether it's online on an e-retailer in a store, um, customer experience and brand loyalty needs to be paramount. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a, that's interesting thing. That's something which, you know, it's something that I'm exploring right now, right? What is it? What does loyalty really mean, right? To a, to a consumer, you know, part of my, you know, uh, you know, uh, responsibilities is, is kind of CRM. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's in my career-wise, you know, that's a, that's a relatively new area of expertise. So I'm, I'm learning, I'm learning a lot. And I don't know about you, but like when it comes to people normally just associate CRM with email marketing. And I mean, can, can you think of a brand that does email marketing like really, really well? Um, I mean, we, we do email marketing. So okay. I, I, I can list a bunch of brands <laughs> yeah. that we do email marketing really well, but I'm going to be biased. Um, I think that there's some, but I would say that most of them are doing it the same. You know, you're sending out an email, right? I know that there's some nuances there and there's automations and mm -hmm. tactics and things like that, but I can't think of one that stands out where it's like they're doing something that is leaps and bounds better than other brands, right? They're all kind of doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 think, that's, I, I think that's what we're finding too. I think, you know, we have to, you know, we, I think it's important to, email being part of the customer kind of uh, mm -hmm. communication process. I think that's that, that's great. And I think there's gonna be so much more opportunity with, and we can talk about AI and stuff like that, of it becoming something, yeah. something which is, which is you know, I think there's so much opportunity there to have this personalization um, element, you know, um, that, you know, quite frankly, it's, 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 it, you know, that w will eventually happen. Um, mm -hmm. And, but then, I think one thing that we we really you know thinking about the loyalty question overall it's like thinking about big big brands who come to my, when it comes to mine when it comes to loyalty like i think of like apple right nike like these kind of brands like thinking about what really um what what really drives loyalty there and yeah um it's it's something that i'm again as i said i mean i'm 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 doing some research into into you know for the last couple of weeks and and it's um i think you know it, it's it it comes down to knowing what you represent. I think being bold about it and then being consistent, right? I think I think that's a key. Um, and I also think that to keep that that kind of momentum, I think innovation is is super key, right? I think the the one thing that sometimes we don't realize is that Apple does release you know, every year. They have this launch, right? Um, same with Nike, right? Sneakerheads will will line up for the latest, you know, sneaker release, um, and I think that's 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 another 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 kind of critical element for for brands in particular, right? To 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 kind of you know continue having that interest because it's those like I think is it is it in the tipping point that they refer to um, as as um, as mavens, those who are you know super you know super fans, right? That that yeah. um, really drive the that that kind of loyalty and then the rest of the folk i think you know simply continue purchasing and out of habit mostly right I, I, yeah uh, so well yeah I, I mean you bring up brands like you know like you know nike and you know brands at that level and even like supreme and kith you know mm. like brands that people are like obsessed with and i could say like to kind of bring it back to crm and, and email a little bit you know crm customer relationship management, right? Nowhere in there does it say email. It doesn't necessarily only have to be email. You mentioned before, most people think email marketing 
things like that when you say CRM. But it's really about managing that relationship with your customer. Of course, there are tools to be able to do that, but there's other ways. And, you know, kind of CRM is also looped in with customer experience. I guarantee you, if you pulled Nike fans and Kith fans and Supreme uh, customers and all of them and ask them what the top 10 things are, why they stay with the brand, I highly doubt they're going to list like email right? Or communication, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to be more about what the brand stands for. Um, it's going to be about um, the messaging. It's going to be about the style and like the culture and things like that. So I think a lot of brands also need to, you know, understand that those are the things that should be the most important and everything else are just tools to be able to continue to, to, to work, to continue to bring that message to your customers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's you know. where you know, I, I I agree. I think that's it's it's a omni-channel approach that we live in, right? We're more media yes. buzzwords, as we as we say. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I it's it's important to know the difference though between like omni-channel and like multi-channel things like that because um, the way that just for those that might not be versed is just that the consumer journey, right? Is you know we're constantly interacting with brands across multiple devices, whether it be our um, and ideally, we want to have that experience continue. I think Amazon, particularly, in, in fairness to them, right, do a really good job of this, where if I'm placing an order on my phone, right, I mean, you know, if I've got my regular whatever order of whatever I order on Amazon, like books or whatever, right, and I haven't quite considered to purchasing it yet, I can then continue, right, on the site. It knows who I am. It's got yeah. my history. Amazon, take my money, right? <laughs> it's... Um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. <laughs> But, exactly. But they, yeah, they they do it really well. So you know, you 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 could argue that from a CRM standpoint, and no, no, I I think I think it's 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 fair to say that Amazon Amazon do do it do it really well. Um, mm -hmm. And th to jump around a little bit, because you mm -hmm. did touch on AI, where where does AI play in, you know, in branding, in CRM, in brand loyalty, like customer experience. Like I know that there's a lot of things coming out, especially with like chat GPT and you know, I've been checking that out and been utilizing it. It's pretty fun. I think a lot of people misunderstand what it is. They almost think of it like a search engine, but it's, it's really not searching the web. It's, and you know, I, basically what it is, is they, for people who are listening, who might not know, everyone knows kind of, there's been talks about it, but Basically, what it is is they taught basically the AI, right? They taught it a data set or a language. Um, and over time, it's learned new things and they've improved upon it. But it is limited. Sometimes it gets things wrong. It's basically faking human language and somewhat of the thought behind it. Um, but it's not a search engine. It's not, they taught it things that are going on on the web, but it's not a search. And so if like you ask it, like what's the best local restaurant near my house? It's not doing that. It's not like a Google. It can be in the future, of course, if it learns a lot more um, and if they allow it to digest a lot more information on the internet. But right now it's just basically a data set that was kind of taught some language and things like that. Is that about accurate and I guess, the next follow-up question would be is how is things like ChatGPT or AI going to impact brands and CRM and SEO and all of those things? Like, where do you see that going? Yeah, absolutely fascinating. And uh, John, you've, you've, I mean, you, I think you're probably more kind of well-versed in it than I am. You've definitely summarized it perfectly in terms of, um, you know, I've played around with ChatGPT and, and that's my understanding of how, of, of how mm -hmm. you know, uh, of how it interprets uh, the world. It's limited, I think, to 2000 and 2021, right? It has data yeah. up until then, from my understanding. Um, it's not, and as you mentioned, it's not connected officially to the internet yet. I think when it does and it's able to, I think ChatGPT4 is coming out, I think, in two months' time, the, the next iteration. Mm -hmm. uh, so that'll be super interesting you know uh, you know um what it's what it's developed to but um a couple of things i guess i guess i guess on this i've i've been very surprised by its utility right so i've actually used it to help create some of my linkedin posts um invents with same yeah it's 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 amazing right not only but also at the innovation level the fact that it can you know again this was used from the date it's been fed um but also putting in random stuff like so i'm a big liverpool uh, fan right so um you know i've i i asked it to you know come up with a story where 
Jurgen Klopp, who's a Liverpool coach, meets Joe Biden, right? So it's like, it's <laughs> random like that, something random like that, and see if he could interpret my, you know, the intent, and 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 then and then you know, um, you know, come up with something after that. And it was, it, it you know. It was super genuine. It mentioned, oh yeah, and then I, you know, the, I don't know, you get pretty deep with. It. I don't know how you go into a bit of a rabbit hole when you play around with this stuff. You then say, okay, yeah. what if their meeting was here, X, Y, and Z, and you get, and, it, and you know, at some point, it does become a little repetitive, and it, then it doesn't, yeah. you know, it, it does, it does. Um, you can see the limitations, but uh, but but yeah, it's 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 very impressive of 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 of, of kind of where we are. I think, I think. I, we, we, I think there's no turning back now. I think you know, with 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 AI, I think it's it's um, the the possibilities are limited by ourselves. I think, mm-hmm. um, right? I think their utility, like when it comes to content creation, this is this is nuts, right? I've been reading stuff about about it won't be very long until we have a full script for a movie. I think it creates script for a movie um, within the next couple of months. There'll be, you know, we've got text to Images. I think. Uh, I think Google just came out with their um, with their latest one. Is it Mensa or something? I think. Or Muse. Sorry, Muse. Muse. They just came out with. I think Muse, yeah. which is their text to image uh, engine. So photoristic images based on text. And there's a few of the Mid Journey does this as well. Um, right. There's. There's. When it comes to the creative world, this is this is fascinating, right? I think this this yeah. just someone who doesn't have this for me. Like again, I have no. I have very little like, kind of artistic capability, <laughs> and. For me just to come up with like random stuff and be able to to to, to have these not only visualization texts you know uh, um movies that will be created i think it won't be very long until we again we have a full feature length uh movie created uh purely on ai i agree yeah yeah i, I agree i think in the cre- con- like very short term and it's about there mm-hmm. It's a tool to be able to help with content creation things like posts or blog posts or um uh, Twitter threads and you know website copy it could cr- it could almost do that perfectly now so two three years from now you know it, it's going to be a really important tool I, I agree with you there for content creators designers um, I think and I don't know what the timeline is and I'm not going to speculate I don't think that it's going to completely replace like developers and designers in the very near term but eventually it will if we're at this point now eventually you're going to be able to ask it to create the perfect high converting website or app or and it's going to be able to do that based off of a lot of data and you know it could get creative it could write it it could do code it's it's very in its infancy right now and it's going to be some time before it learns um, I think the first step is going to be tool for content creators. It's going to work its way into a lot of SaaS companies and be some sort of component within a lot of these SaaS companies and like level them up to being really important. And then eventually it's going to, you know, replace a lot of jobs. It has to because unless we put a stop to it, unless, you know, it's like, okay, this has gotten too crazy. We're going to just stop innovating, which I don't ever see happening. Um, It's going to replace a lot of jobs. And I don't know if that's five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. I'm not that well-versed in AI, but it eventually will. It has to. I can't imagine it not getting smarter. Considering where it is right now and it's, it's in its infancy, imagine when it's 20 years old. I just don't know... I don't think that it won't get to a point where it takes over the world. I, I, it's like I it think, has to. Yeah, no, you. I think I, I love this, and I, and this is. We talk here now, right? I mean, I'd love to see how this how this is in a in a, in a year or two. But we, yeah. as 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 humans, we find it difficult to understand timelines that are exponential. Right, we think mm. of, and we relate this in success as well, right? You probably see this as a, as you know, you're a successful entrepreneur. You know, you, you've probably. I don't know if you saw at the time that your success would be exponential, right? I think we also see this with progress. Um, we see things very lin- in, in a very linear way. Like you know, mm-hmm. you know, we think about your job. You know, you get promoted step by step. I get pro- whatever AVP, VP, whatever SVP, whatever. We see that done in like a very 
linear way traditionally our minds you know our society you know puts us in that way but often success or progress is exponential hmm. so particularly with ai this is where i this is where it's 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 this is i think we're just at the tip of it being of, of seeing exponential progress and i think some people are going to be scared <laughs> so if us are scared yeah. by that i'm I, i'm more of an optimist i'm i'm super excited by it i'm like wow this is you know some of the stuff i'm yeah i i, I read you know I'm, I'm reading articles about this on you know on on, on the daily when i have one of a spare moment but it's 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 super super interesting what, what it can do yeah uh, I, I think right now it's like at a point where we have complete control over it and it's not going to learn more or get to a point where of absurdity without our without human involvement but there will be a time when it starts learning on its own and we have less control over it. Now, I'm thinking very far into the future, thinking things like Terminator and Matrix, like those mm. movies coming true, oh, where it actually, right, yeah. <laughs> I think it becomes dangerous. I think it's great for you know things like helping it build a website or helping brands increase revenue or like helping to make certain decisions i think it could be really good in medicine with helping to try to find solutions to certain things where i think it could become very dangerous is when they start to and if if you think they haven't already have been doing it but working it into like military type of applications because that's when it be could become extremely dangerous and that's when those those movies come true when mm -hmm. you start to work it into that and look if if you know if they have to be thinking about that. You know, certain governments, including our own, are probably you know exploring ways to leverage AI for, um, you know, for for defense. Um, and that that's something that is a little scary when you start to think about it outside of, you know, just marketing and like creative applications. When you start to think about it as being used for, you know, um, not for good. Mm. Or, or it could it could be intended to be used for good. Let me rephrase that. It could be intended to be used for good. But we'll, if we don't have that control over it and it continues to learn and figure out, at some point it's going to realize that like humans are not in its best interest. So that's the scary part and that's the part that like movies are made of. So, I mean, I think we're thinking 50, 100 years into the future uh, or maybe beyond, but um, that's the part that, interests me the most and it's a little scary but it's also the one of the most interesting aspects of it yeah uh, i don't know so on, on that point yeah you, you raise a very good point about and maybe it's just me kind of shutting myself off from those from those scenarios um <laughs> but no but you're absolutely right you're absolutely right it, it for, I, I hope i'm not but yeah. <laughs> i mean for, for every for every good utility there's going to be equally you know or you know, potentially equally um as hazardous uh, yeah. uh utility for it i think um just to just to go back to your point about marketing though real quick about i think you make a really, really interesting point about how we continue to learn data and creative on the fly right i think the other mm -hmm. is personalization right what if like these you know ads and you know they're they're li it's literally taking in um your data on a personal level and yeah. adjusting it in real time and uh, I, I don't think we're very far from that honestly I don't no i mean we kind of do that a little bit now on like websites with personalization we use dynamic yield for things like that mm, and it yeah. kind of uses some ai there mm -hmm. but as that gets far more advanced imagine you you know you visit an app or a website or some sort of digital experience and you know you start mixing that with like I'm not a huge fan of metaverse and, and crypto and all of that stuff. I mm -hmm. think it's interesting, but I'm not a huge fan of it. But you start mixing that with AI and VR. Now you have this completely immersive, highly personalized experience that wasn't just like made for you. Like most websites are made for a customer. You're putting them down a funnel. But as we start to get into AI and things like that or, or the metaverse or, or, um, or, or VR, you start to think about these highly personalized experiences where it knows exactly who you are and how to change the experience for you not only just 
images and text that could be A-B tested or things like that, but the actual customer experience is more tailored to who you are as a person because it's making these like kind of personalized assumptions based off of artificial intelligence. So like, don't know when that is, I don't have a timeline on that, but it's all extremely interesting things and, and like, um, you're right, we're kind of doing some of those things right now, but it's just so early. Um, even though it feels like some of us have been in this industry for quite a long time, you're talking about 10 years, 20 years or whatever, um, it's still very early. And that's something that, that really um, excites me and, and gets me um, really into some of this stuff around technology and e-commerce. Yeah, and, and I think it's like, and those who are the ones who are early adopters will, will be the ones who will really benefit from like any new technology, right? If you're prepared to really dig your heels deep, right? And, and, and understand and, you know, like for example, uh, one of my, one of my mentors was, was, he's been speaking about natural language processing and, uh, you know, uh, GPT one or two when it was, you know, years when it was first in infancy, right? It took, I think it's taken a while to get to this point where GPT three is just like, um, it's close to if there's some people you know passing the Turing test, yeah. right? Is that where you can't interpret right between a human and a and, 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 and a machine? Um, but he was talking. He 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 was speaking of this for for for, for, for a few few years now, and he's been leveraging it to to kind of create meta descriptions with in, oh, in wow. it, right? As soon as I started messing around with ChatGPT three, that's this has been the latest. This is the only kind of version of the tool I've I've kind of messed with. Um, I was like the meta description. The meta description is dead. Like I will never have to yeah. create a meta description for a website ever again. It's it's done. Um, yeah. it, it can it, so just for those who don't know, a meta description is like a you know about 177 characters that basically summarizes what a web page is about. It doesn't really affect ranking, but if you're if you're in Google, it um it will Google doesn't always, but it will um it, it will. It, it will select potentially that description um, below below your kind of website link as describe yeah. what website's about. So, um, and that's typically because this doesn't affect ranking. You don't put keywords into it. You have to do a ton of keyword research. It's just basically really? coming up with copy. So, doesn't even affect rank. I put so much effort into my meta descriptions in the past. I think it used to, but it doesn't mm -hmm. anymore. You're right. When you search, it more so grabs um, the relevant copy that's on the actual website nowadays. But yeah. it used to be that you'd have keywords and meta descriptions. And when you search for something, Google would display the title of the page, the keywords and the meta description in the body there. It wouldn't really, it would scan, but it wouldn't really display the body copy. This was yeah. back in the day, but now, you know, I don't know. I, I'm trying to still trying to game that system. <laughs> Dinesh, we're at about time. I yeah. know I wanted to get into your experience with real estate investing, but we might have to save that for a separate yeah. podcast. Sure. Um, but and we're, we jumped around a little bit from e-commerce to SEO to AI taking over the world, which I think <laughs> is a pretty good range of topics. Uh, anything else you wanted to touch on? Otherwise, um, really, really glad you were able to join and uh, thanks for taking the time today. Oh, thank you. No, your questions were fantastic. Hopefully it's helpful for your audience. I hope it is. Uh, it was really so. fun. I really enjoyed it. So appreciate you. Cool. Excellent. Let's do it again and we'll we'll work in some uh, other topics next time. For sure. Appreciate it. Thanks, okay. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Agency X podcast. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, please make sure to subscribe. If you want to learn more about our services, you could find me on LinkedIn. You could also find me on Twitter at Jay Serta or visit our website, avexdesigns.com.